We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Happy Red Friday. Welcome in. Uh, Bills, no, Patriots at noon. Yes. On Sunday. Correct. That feels really early. <laughs> All the East Coast games are are you know noon, so I, fine. It, it still feels early. <laughs> well, that, that you know it, it, to to your to your point, uh, it has been a while since the Chiefs have played a noon game, and I think this may be, if I'm not mistaken, is this the last one for the season conceivably? Because there were a bunch of. Uh, there was a Sunday night game in there, and uh, you know there have been a bunch of 325s because with the Chiefs being in the AFC West, a lot of the teams they play are California, Las Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's it's been a bit. Are you wearing a Bills shirt today? I am. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. Just my... leaving that there for the record. <laughs> we got a big, well, I mean, you know, the Buffalo's got a big game coming up on Sunday uh, playing against Dallas. And again, you know, playing for their playoff lives. So uh, Dallas is a really good team. Should be a great game to watch. Okay. Here's the story that is captivating me today. Um, and I'm waiting to see how fast this, get, this gets made into a movie. Uh, this is the story out of France and Spain of this kid who is now 17 years old who had been missing for six years and shows up walking down a street in southern France. He has money. He has a backpack. He appears to be well-fed. He's in good shape. And he walks up to a guy that's delivering uh, medication overnight and says, can you help me? I've been missing for six years, and he's fine. Yeah, David Beatty is this kid's name, and uh, I'm sorry, um, Alex Beatty is his name. David Beatty is his grandfather, and they were on vacation, uh, originally from England. They were on vacation in France six years ago. Uh, Alex, his grandfather, David, and his mother, Melanie Beatty, were all on vacation, and then one night, he just disappeared. They woke up. He was gone. And the search went on for six years. So many questions about what those six years have been like for him and who he was with. So it is just completely fascinating. Um, So his grandmother was his legal guardian at the time that he disappeared. His grandfather and his mother had a pre-approved, yes, you can go do this, one-week trip to Spain. He lives in the UK. One-week trip to Spain. It was in Spain in 2017. It's just so weird. It was in 2017. That that was last time he was seen. For the last, last six years, no one knew where he was. No one had heard from him or anybody else in that part of the family. And then all of a sudden, he just shows up on a road in the middle of the night. And the guy that was delivering these medications that saw him, you know, you do a little bit of due diligence. 
to see if the kid's telling the truth, sure. right? And you, you know, he tells you what his name is. And so you Google it. And yes, there were news stories about him. And he said, we've not seen pictures yet of what he looks like now. But he said he looked, he bared a pretty good resemblance to what he looked like when he was 11, as you would. I mean, that's, you don't change a ton during that time. Mm -hmm. And so the kid ends up using that guy's phone to send a Facebook message to his grandmother in the UK saying, I'm, this is me. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. And imagine her reaction to this after oh my six God. years of having no idea where he was or what was going on or if he was even alive. All of a sudden you get a Facebook message. Yeah, it's me. I'm okay. And so the, the geography on this, the border between France and Spain is largely the Pyrenees Mountains. Mm -hmm. So he was apparently abducted. Maybe. Again, we're going to have to wait for a lot of the details to come out about this on the Spanish side of that mountain range was found in the foothills on the French side. So, you know, he was in the, that's where this, he ran into this medical delivery van. Um, so it was not terribly far away, even though we're talking about different countries, it wasn't terribly far away from where he was last seen. I actually have a map from the BBC that shows um, that the last time he was seen was in the port of Malaga, and that's on the southern coast of Spain. Which is in the south. Okay. All right. I, 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 Probably 600 miles. I thought he was just on the other side of the mountains. Uh, yeah. Don't know where um, I got that idea, but yeah. It, it, but it's it's only because I have to be, I, I would have had to have looked it up to be able to find out. And so he tells this guy um, that he had been walking for four days. And apparently, um, and, and this is where the grandmother, this, is, this part sort of made sense. Mom had kind of an alternative lifestyle. And he, he had been spending this time in this spiritual retreat on the move, had spent a couple of years in Spain and a couple of years in France. And at one point, he just escaped. He just got away in the middle of the night. He had been hoping to find an embassy in a big city, and that's how he was gonna try to get home. But then he saw this guy driving down the road and said, hey, can you help me? And that's when he sends the message to grandma. He has not been reunited. He has talked to his grandmother. They've talked by phone. They have not been reunited yet. They're still kind of keeping him in custody. I, I hate to <laughs> I hate to be the downer here, but you gotta make sure that he is who he says he is. That it's really him. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. gotta be job one. You gotta make sure that grandma didn't wasn't in on it. You gotta make sure that you're returning him back to a safe place. Now he's 17. He's like you said, he had money. Everything was fine. He said, I just want to go home. And he kept saying, I just want a normal life. I just want to go back wow. to my normal life. He wants to be an engineer. I mean, he's he's very well educated still, but just was a part of this transient community that just went from place to place all this time. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, just walks out of nowhere and it couldn't even say, and this was one of the other interesting details I thought about this story, is that when they were asking him, where were you? He didn't really know. I mean, he. it's not like you can point to that on a map. Someplace where right. you were when you were 11, if, right. you know, if you don't know how you got there, then he just kept walking until he found something that looked like home. The grandma believed, uh, told the BBC in 2018 that she believed the mom and grandfather had taken him to live in a spiritual community in Morocco. So again, same same part of the world yeah. there that, that you're staying in. Um, grandma said at the time they were seeking an alternative lifestyle and did not want Alex to go to school. And so they took him on vacation for a week and the last time he was seen was the day they were supposed to return to the UK. Yeah. 
the part of this that I don't have in front of me yet, as you can imagine, the BBC and European media is all over this, mm -hmm. is um, what was the investigation like in the last six years? You know, were there sightings of him? Did, was he in disguise all of that time? Did they give up? What did they, you know, where did they, where did the investigation go all this time? Sure. And when... I mean, how much scrutiny is there now going to be on whatever this retreat was, if they can even find it, given right. the fact that he's not entirely sure where it was? You know, we just started, not to derail this, but uh, just to kind of augment, we just started last night a documentary series called Born in Synanon. Have you heard of this? I have not. The, CBS was running promos for it. It's on Paramount Plus, and, uh, and I happened to catch one, and it looked interesting. It's about a cult that started in the early 60s and went through the mid-70s. Uh, and it's the story of this woman who is now got to be in her late 40s or early 50s, who was six when she and her father left this cult and she was born in it. So she knew nothing but that. Wow. And it eventually dissolved and there was all kinds of you know money problems and the same things that always go on. But uh, yeah, I mean, she was trying to piece together. OK, I have these wonderful memories of this place from my early life. Why is everybody telling me it's a horrible cult? And this journey that she goes on to try to find out exactly what her childhood really was. It's incredible. Wow. That is fascinating. When, when you say the word cult to me, the first thing I think of and I think a lot of us think of is Waco. Yes. When you hear about, because that happened also, there were kids that were born into the Branch Davidian compound at Waco. His kids. That knew nothing else. His kids with multiple women and, uh -huh. and the way that that whole situation went. And there were kids who didn't know anything different. There exactly. were kids that didn't know that there was anything wrong with this was just their life. Exactly. Yeah. And, and at one point in this documentary, she's talking to a guy who documented what had gone on there, did a bunch of articles about it, very critical, and eventually wrote a very critical book about this Synanon cult, which started as a, as a drug and alcohol rehab, and then over time changed into this weird society, and it just got really bizarre. But she was talking to him and saying, I have all of these fond memories of this place. And he said, you were six. Right. Of course you did. We all have fond memories of when we were six because we were learning what life is. And so everything was assimilated into, well, this is how things work. So, of course, it seems like a happy time to you because you weren't old enough to figure out what was really going on there. It's interesting. Um, OK, so I was expecting, let's see, the UK is six hours later than us. There was supposed to be a news conference this afternoon. It wouldn't surprise me if that happens here soon. Somebody just said on the text line, um, indicating some skepticism <laughs> yes. about this. Uh-huh. And, and I don't yeah. blame you. I mean, I'm sure yeah. the police are going through the same thing right now. Um, and so I was just Googling it to see if anything could come out in the last hour. And apparently, uh, the he's told police that his grandparent, the, the, the grandfather, died six months before he decided to flee the French commune. Um, looking to see what else is now new. Um, so the grandmother has since remarried, is set to have an emotional reunion with Alex in the next few days. This is out of the Daily Mail. Um, Alex told him his grandfather has died six months ago and that the teenager took part in a meditation ceremony at the time of his death. Um, apparently it was his mother's announcement that she planned to move them to Finland that made Alex decide to leave. So the grandfather He's, maybe was his only connection. That that, that yeah. was he saw the grandfather as a protector, and when the grandfather died, he was, he thought, "All right, I've got to get out of here. I've got to take control." 
God, it's so fast. So he walked for four days and four nights. He trekked across the mountains in the French Pyrenees, foraging for what little food he could find from the fields and gardens until he was found by that student at 3 a.m. Wednesday. Wow. And there are pictures now of where he was found. He was exclusively exclusively walking at night and sleeping during the day. Um, okay, I'll send this to you. There's just a lot more detail coming out about it that's Good. just completely fascinating. I just can't get enough. Hope there's a news conference today. Hope we find out more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost reminiscent of Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the fact that she was gone and written off for dead by for so many years and then all of a sudden just showed up. Yeah, uh, there are also allegations of abuse that are coming out of this. So. Of course. We'll go further into this. If you have thoughts, questions, 913-586-7798. Still to come, speaking of uh, suspicions and questions, we got to talk about what is being alleged out of Center High School. Yeah. About a sex ring potentially out of Center High School. So we'll get to that still to come this hour on KMBZ. Phone number here on a Friday, 913-586-7798. Okay, we're hearing just a little bit more detail about Alex Beatty, who is the 17-year-old who had not been seen by his legal guardian, his grandmother, since he was 11. Uh, He and his grandfather and his mother, who did not have legal custody, took him on an approved vacation to Spain from the UK in 2011, and then he disappeared. And a couple of nights ago, showed up on a road in France uh, with a backpack carrying a skateboard and a flashlight, walking down the road, said he had been walking for four days and four nights and had escaped his mother and his grandfather, who died six months ago, from this commune in France. And I misspoke a little bit. I misread the story that I had. He said, no, there had not been physical abuse by his mom in the last six years. And, And the emotional abuse part's a little... A kind of a gray area at the moment. Yeah, he's the he's not talking about story that. Is the solar panels thing? The, yeah, apparently that was. I don't know if that was you know group wide or if this was just his mother and grandfather, but uh, somebody had an obsession with solar energy, and uh, he said the mother experienced a sort of phobia of solar panels. So they were traveling from house to house with solar panels. Uh, only used car sharing. Didn't have their own vehicle. I mean, I don't know what the solar energy thing is, but okay. Uh, I mean, I guess every group like that has to have their villain, and that seems to be this one's. Sorry, I had to sneeze. I don't want to do it on the air. <laughs> it wouldn't have yeah, sounded just good. Just remember, don't hold your nose and keep your mouth closed because you'll <laughs> do damage. You really wouldn't have heard it anyway because I don't make noise when I sneeze, but it just would have been a little bit awkward there. Um, so uh, they are trying to expedite him a passport. That's what's taking a little bit is that he doesn't have a valid passport to get him back into the UK oh, yeah, to be reunited with grandma. Because it's been so long since yeah. uh, since he left. Yeah. So um, I would expect we'll hear more uh, about the story today. It's just cast him because the movie is going to be made yeah. as fast as humanly possible. Um, so we'll see what else we happen to learn about this one as time goes on here. Moving on to a couple of local stories. Uh, this was out of Fox 4. Uh, there was an attorney representing a couple of students at that high school that say there's a sex ring there involving students, employees, and cash. Uh, here's your adult content warning. Should have started time, with that yeah. already. Uh, because of the allegations here. Yeah, two male students who allege that, um, and and there seems to be a lot behind this. I mean, this is another story that, frankly, uh, on first read-through, I was thinking, hmm, Mm -hmm. boy, there's that's questionable. 
but got to the end, and there seems to be, uh, at least as far as the the school is concerned, reasons to believe what uh, what's being alleged here that uh, that there were two. And you're going to have to help me out with the terminology here because I'm not sure exactly what this means. What's a paraprofessional? Um, Colin, feel free to update me if there's an updated definition. Usually, it is. Um, like an, a teacher's aide. That's what I was probably, thinking. Is probably the best way to put it. Teacher's aide. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense because that's what they both of the employees of the school. They're not referred to as teachers. They're referred to as paraprofessionals. Uh, and they said that I mean there were there there were yeah, images found on phones of these uh, paraprofessionals in various stages of undress. And that these two male students allege that they were effectively trafficked for sex and paid hush money um, <sighs> after the acts were completed so that they wouldn't uh, they, they wouldn't tell anybody about it. Finally, one of them went to a guidance counselor, and that's when the police were called. That's when the Department of Social Services, who has they're, – they're the only ones who are talking right now, and that's only to, uh, to, to confirm that, yes, they are investigating this. Again, this is out of Fox 4. The attorney said – uh, do, do, do. The sex ring started operating in April of last school year and continued through September. As John said, it stopped after a counselor, which one of the students confided in, contacted authorities. Uh, the lawyer said, we know there was hush money paid to the students so that they would not come forward. She was concerned there were more victims out there. And that's the first thing I'd be looking at, too, is did it just involve these two or not? Uh, Center High School wouldn't talk to Fox 4. They referred uh, Fox 4 to a statement it released late last month to parents saying that the two staffers, both paraprofessionals, been placed on leave following allegations of inappropriate behavior with a student. They also promised to share additional information with parents once it became available. Um, that part is what lends it credibility a little bit to me. Not that it doesn't have credibility to begin with, but these are some pretty serious allegations definitely to be making and, and, and it's not something you want to jump to conclusions on but right I, I, I mean as the school you can understand why the first thing they would do when these allegations come up is suspend both of them and they did so at least that part of it seemed to move like it should and there's even more uh just after that according to fox mm -hmm. 4 because the administrators uh and teachers according to the attorney should have been aware of the problems because one of the paraprofessionals had an open social media page, meaning it wasn't set to private. Anybody could see it. Had an open social media page that depicted troubling behavior, including images of partial undress and discussions of sexual activities. One of these discussions was recorded in what appears to be a classroom. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Um, the first place your head goes is to the stories that we've done about OnlyFans except that this was on an open social media page yeah. that was not restricted, that you didn't have to pay to access. If it was recorded in a classroom, now you're on school property with it. That's stupid. Yes. I mean, just any, aside from criminal, just dumb. Yeah, because you're handing evidence over right. <laughs> in, in addition to, you know, uh, kind of hoping to get yourself caught uh, right. or really doing things that, that seem like it would make it easy for you to get caught. But it does bring up another question, because usually when we talk about social media searches in terms of employment, we're talking about pre-employment. 
And it makes you wonder if a system doesn't need to be put in place where there's a review every so often, especially if we're talking about educators, where every three months or every six months or you know maybe at the beginning of every school year, they just do a little review of everybody's open social media pages and see if there's anything on there that might be a little bit of a red flag. Not just that, but it's a really good point. You go through a background check once. Yeah. And then when you're first hired. Okay. Yeah. Good to go. And then we just forget about it. Yeah. And then anything that would come up, I mean, even a criminal background check. I don't know if schools, boy, if anybody knows, do schools do that again at any point? Um, Are there any other kind of routine reviews? I also wonder how the social media page came to light. Yeah, did somebody see it and report it? Or did they just check afterward? After the allegations yeah. came up, just do it that way. A couple of you on the text line, in terms of that term paraprofessional, uh, have alluded to in Missouri paraprofessionals usually being involved with special needs students. I, I want to make clear, okay. we don't know that in this case, right. but uh, a couple of different numbers have come up with that same thing. And since we didn't know... Uh, we'll see if we can get some more information on that. Let's go to the phones real quick and bring in Teola in Kansas City. Hello, Teola. Hi. Um, I do want to um, say, um, well, I work as a paraprofessional in the center school district, and they are assigned to special needs students. They are essentially a guide, you know, basically anything that they cannot do or um, if they have a physical disability, you know, you're you're doing the physical things that they can't do mm-hmm. or they're developmentally disabled. So you're helping them understand the lessons. Um, you know, sometimes there's sensory deprivation. You have to remove them from the classroom, too much noise. It, it, it is for the developmentally disabled, which makes this a hundred times worse than, you know, I mean, by no means the sexual in any setting but sure to do this to people who can't fend for themselves is absolutely disgusting without doubt and and if that's what teola thank you thank you for the the additional information on that now i i will point out here in the interest of just you know not jumping to conclusions again even though, and, and even if these particular paraprofessionals were involved with special needs kids, we do not know, and there's no reason to believe at this point, that the the students that were involved in this, the students that were victimized in this, were special needs students. Correct. They could have just known each other from the school. Correct. So, I mean, it, it would seem to, I mean, it wouldn't be a, a big leap to say, okay, if you've got somebody who is at a disadvantage to begin with, that would be easier for a predator to victimize, but we don't know that. Yes, um, this is a scary one here. And we'll also point out it's it's just a lawyer that's talking so far, aside from the the note that the uh, district sent to the parents. So 913-586-7798. We'll get to more of your comments next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We rarely ever, ever talk about politics <laughs> because you hate it and you get mad. Uh-huh. Uh, but this one's pretty interesting. Oh, Lord. Oh, where to even begin with this story? This is bizarre. And a lot of this, we're getting it, it kind of secondhand because most of it is centered around the St. Louis area. However, this uh, it, it has to do with a statewide race in Missouri. This is the attorney general's race. Now, granted, I mean, we're still far. It's, it's more than a year off. Actually, not quite. It's a little less than a year off. But uh, we haven't even hit the primaries yet in this thing. And yet one of the most absolutely bizarre series of circumstances has gone down over the last 48 hours. And it involves, and this is in the interest of disclosure, a friend of mine. Um, you've heard him here with us on the program before, I think maybe once or twice. Elad Gross, who at one point was a an assistant attorney general uh, and worked very closely with my wife. I mean, we've been over to his house. I had to work on the guy's car. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's one of those kinds of relationships. And he's a wonderful guy. And is running for the, the Democratic nomination for attorney general. One of his opponents just dropped out. Sarah Unsicker, who also lives in the St. Louis area and is a state representative, uh, or, well, at least for the time being, is mm-hmm. a state representative uh, in, in the state of Missouri from uh, someplace in West St. Louis County. And I don't remember exactly where. It's District 83, I believe. So she dropped out of the attorney general's race under pressure from her inside her own party because of things that she was saying and things that she was repeating online about Elad, saying because of an absolutely insane filing um, uh, from some guy who's a gadfly nobody who just doesn't like him and filed a complaint with the FBI saying, and I swear to you this is true, that Elad Gross is an Israeli military intelligence agent and working as a foreign entity on U.S. soil. (laughs) Wow. Now, now, like I said, I've known this guy for a long time. He's about as far from Mossad as you could be, and somebody's been watching a few too many episodes of NCIS. So for some reason, Sarah Unsicker decided to pick up the mantle and levying the same kinds of allegations against a guy who was, again, keep in mind, her political opponent. If you ever thought, gee, maybe one of these days I'll get into politics, Please don't. <laughs> okay, please. If Let this story be an indication as to why. And again, 
this isn't politics, okay? And and I don't care. I don't live in Missouri, so I don't really care who you vote for for attorney general. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for for attorney general, and and I'm the last one you should listen to on that front anyway. But if this is what it takes, if this is the kind of thing that goes on that you're going to have to defend yourself against, this man had to put up a tweet on what used to be Twitter this morning saying, I work for the people of the state of Missouri and have only ever worked for the people of the state of Missouri. Having to respond to this is utterly crazy. And I will say one thing. Uh, as far as the guy who levied the initial accusations and and did this filing of a criminal complaint with the FBI, that now a lot is going to have to take time out of his day to respond to that insanity, too, is that he put up the entire complaint on Twitter. I can't access it anymore because he blocked me yesterday. Oh. The, 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 the guy who put up the allegations, whose name I will not say on the air because he just doesn't deserve the publicity. He's nothing and nobody. But he put up the entire complaint, and it's full of things like, and see if this sounds like it should be in a criminal complaint to you, Jamie. Based on belief, not based on evidence, based on belief, like, I think he's an Israeli intelligence agent, so of course it's true. Uh, his big uh, his big slam dunk, if you will, in terms of why he believes this, is that Ilad's mother to him, sounds like a spy, and that, uh, th- that that kind of activity is normally a generational thing. Meaning, I think your mom sounds like a spy, so you must be one too. Aside from everything else about the story, <laughs> what is infuriating about these tweets that have the complaint in it, because I, I have not been blocked and yeah. so I can look at uh-huh. it, yeah. it's not like it's a link to the PDF of the complaint. Instead, what the guy did is he took screenshots in in clips. Yes. So it's in like seven tweets <laughs> right. with images of the stupid complaint that I now have to go through individually. But I can, I mean, I can, I can read some of this here a little bit. Um, it it sounds like it was written by a three year old. It really does. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Um, forgive me. Who's Garago? G U R. A-R-I-E, is that the name that we're not supposed to be saying? Oh, I, I no, 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 that's that's not him. That's I believe that's Elad's mother. Oh, that's the mother. Okay. That's the name that comes up in this a lot. Mm-hmm. Margalit um, yes. appears to be engaged in ongoing attempts to influence U.S. political discourse to benefit the state of Israel. Based on my experience in tracking... <laughs> well, I'm just going to read this to you the way it is. I think we've got some grammar problems here. Based on my experience in tracking influence operations of hostile intelligence services, she appears to be attempting to influence American elections in a matter consistent with officers of the Israel Defense Forces Operations Directorate. I don't even know what I just said. Yeah, that's, that's the line where he's saying, well, she sounds like a spy to me. She talks like a spy, so I think she is one. Let's keep going here. Um, Tweets were flagged. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, that fits. Um, Tweets that were written. Greenwald. A person named Greenwald is mentioned. A Biden's in here. But of course, Greenwald. Gee, uh, a boy picked out another Jewish name. Huh. I wonder what that's all about. This is infuriating. I hate even having to look through this. I know. Um, now, just the way that this is up here. While while you're checking through that, let me let me give kudos to somebody who is here in the area. 
because in the Kansas City Star's version of this story, uh, the following paragraph appears. The most public call for Unsicker's removal from the caucus, which, again, keep in mind, even though she's dropped out of the AG's race, this is the woman who is in the state legislature right now. Uh, who started retweeting a lot of these allegations. The most public call for Unsicker's removal from the caucus came earlier this week from State Representative Carrie Engel, a Lee's Summit Democrat, who said in a statement that, quote, her actions and words have helped propagate hateful, anti-Semitic and conspiratorial and racist rhetoric, which has hurt people and sparked online harassment campaigns. Representative Engel, thank you. Thank you for putting that exactly like it is. I'm laughing at the text line. Um, All right. Uh, Point number 14, based on information and belief. (laughs) Not not based on fact or evidence, but based on information and belief. um, Neither this guy or his mother have registered with the attorney general of the U.S. pursuant to the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Of course Uh, they haven't. It is my belief, based on my expertise that they are regularly tasked by the Israel Defense Forces to influence American elections. Yeah, that's a really hot um that's a really hot phrase, influence American elections. Oh, yeah. Anytime we see that somewhere, I mean it's really important, but it's also just a really sexy phrase to use in a document like this. Sure. And again, he started it with based on my belief. Yeah. In other words, I think it's true so it must be. It's just it's the the most ridiculous thing and it's infuriating because I, I mean, when you know better, I, you know, my wife was reading some of this stuff to me last night. And I, I mean, my jaw just kept dropping farther and farther. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, I mean, you can't help but think, Elad? R- really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, the fact that I, I'm sure, I, you know, that there's somebody sitting in Mossad headquarters in Jerusalem right now going, what are we going to do about Missouri? <laughs> I don't know why he sounds Russian, but yeah, I mean, come on. that they, they, They're that concerned with the Missouri attorney general's race over in Jerusalem that, 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 that uh, you know, foreign intelligence agents are infiltrating. And again, this is a man who worked as the assistant attorney general in Missouri for many years. And now this is coming up and it's all this now. Uh, Representative Unsicker didn't do herself any favors when she when pictures of her started popping up with Holocaust deniers. So, I mean, it's clear what this is. And the fact that, you know, imagine you would find a Jew who's a lawyer. I know that's that's really a stretch. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that she's going after him on this basis. And this is why I say this this it's a story that surrounds a political race. It is not a political story. It's a story about racism and conspiracy theory and and anti-Semitism. And the fact that that any moron can just go out there and start spewing this kind of nonsense. And and the sad part about it is that people who are trying to do their best and to do the work of people in the state of Missouri are the ones who have to now respond to all of this crap. Why did she quit the race? Because she was under pressure uh, from uh, from the party and from other members of her party who are going, wait a minute, you, you did what to whom now? Okay. Because they all know him. I mean, they all know what his record has been. And the kind of person that he is and the fact that she's going off on this uh, this racist and anti-Semitic campaign against him is unforgivable. And the last thing that the Democratic Party in the state of Missouri wants is to be sullied with that kind of thing.
So they're all telling her, you're going to drop out and you're going to drop out now. Now, on her way out the door from that race, she called upon Elad <laughs> to drop out too and to drop out of public life. Yeah, that's uh, going to happen. No, he's already responded to that and said, are you serious? Um and said, no, I mean, you know, somebody comes along and makes allegations like that against you, false allegations and, you know, levels this phony document against you. Uh, that's not enough to encourage somebody to just do their bidding at that point. And good for him. I hope he stands up. He will. I am not ready for this. I, it is too early for all of this. I, I am know. not. It, it, it's, it's next year, right? It's November of next year. November of next year. Yeah. No. Um, uh-uh. I need like nine more months before I have it in me for this. <laughs> I just, I, of all the things you, you never thought would happen in your own backyard and with people you know, it's this. It's like I, I put up on Twitter yesterday, did not have this on my bingo card for 2023, that, or on Facebook rather. Didn't have it on my bingo card for 2023 that a friend of mine would be accused of being a, a pawn of the Israeli intelligence division. But here we are. All right. That's all we're going to talk politics, hopefully, for the last time for a while. Uh, coming up, we have a sheriff arrested for DUI. You'd think that would be bad enough, but it gets so much worse. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ. All right, we go to Robertson County, Kentucky, for this next story. This is one of those, like, every phrase makes it worse and worse and worse until you get to the end. So you have a Kentucky sheriff arrested and charged with driving under the influence um, this was at 2.30 in the afternoon. Good time to be drunk. Uh, go twice the legal limit uh, in a marked vehicle. <laughs> That's my favorite part. He yeah. was driving a marked cop car at the time. Smelled of booze um, and was seen by multiple other state troopers, like kind of slurring his speech and was going really slow. And he went up to a school in the middle of all this. Mm -hmm. He stated when asked by the Kentucky State Police uh, if he had had anything to drink, he said, quote, he had been drinking vodka earlier in the day. That's what you want to do early in the day. Start hitting the Vodak. <laughs> so, yeah, way to go, buddy. Um, yeah, he uh, eventually was given a breathalyzer where he blew a point two zero six. That's almost. Yeah, that is. In fact, that's two more, and than, a half times. more than two and a half times the legal limit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where's Robertson County? Do you have any idea? I don't. I don't either. I, I can look up on my, um, let's see. His name is Terry Gray. Uh, video showed he was operating his marked police vehicle at 2.30 p.m. as he drove up to a school. Uh, the school resource officer, uh, shows that he, <laughs> the resource officer and he had a disagreement and that's when the RSO called state police. They said the sheriff smelled of alcohol. Uh, extremely slurred and or slow speech. At some point, he left the school grounds and was headed toward a big park and said um, he later told troopers he was at his home. I don't think he was. I think he was at a park, not not by by his home. Um, he appeared unsteady on his feet and was standing next to his marked vehicle with the driver's side door open. Just kind of hanging out. Mm -hmm. Robertson County, by the way, northeast of Lexington. Uh, so sort of okay. between Cincinnati and Moorhead. As a matter of fact, I've been through there on my way to Moorhead several times, uh, but didn't know it. Yeah, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's it's rural northeastern Kentucky. So, yeah, he's he's in more than a little trouble. And I guess it's a good thing that it was the Kentucky State Police that ended up stopping him because 
even though I'm sure there are some who would, and you would hope that all of them would, nobody wants to pull over their boss. Correct. For DUI. Right. right. Although it sounds like this would have been so painfully obvious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he admitted to it. Have you been drinking today, sir? Yeah. Well, I, you know. Yeah. And, vodka and, soda for breakfast. And again, yeah, earlier in the day. And again, he was stopped at 2.34 in the afternoon. So yeah. earlier in the day could have, uh, yeah, could have easily been, like you said, right after breakfast time. So, yeah, on Kentucky uh, 165, <laughs> driving toward Blue Licks State Park. Huh, interesting name. So, uh, yeah, he's he's in more than a little bit of, of trouble. He's scheduled to go to court on January the 10th. And then we wrap uh, with a story that we first talked about when this happened. Uh, this Mississippi boy who was urinating in a parking lot and was arrested for it. And and just the craziness that, that was that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't his mom, he was left in the vehicle and his mom ran inside a building to do something and he needed to go. And so he did the thing where, you know, kid will go outside. He was arrested for that at the time. And now we know what his punishment for that is. The fact that he's being punished for it at all is bad. <laughs> I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, really, we ought to be talking about the punishment for the cops that were involved in arresting a 10-year-old kid. But, yeah, he's going to have to write a book report, a two-page report on, was it Kobe Bryant? I don't have that detail in front of me. Yeah, I, I think that's yes, what it right. was. Yeah, yep. it was uh, two page book report on Kobe Bryant. <laughs> two page report on Kobe Bryant, and he's going to be on probation for three months. I'm pretty sure this ten year old kid's going to be able to keep his nose clean for three months. Yeah, I mean the fact that he I can't remember where his mom was at the time. She um he, she was inside a business. There were signs up there that said there were no public restrooms, mm -hmm. and he needed to go. Yep. He just and so he, you know, got out of the vehicle and decided to relieve himself on private property near the vehicle. And that's when an officer who was driving by saw it, went into the business, looked for mom. Mom says she admonished her. This is a part of this I remember now. Yep. She admonished him for it. And that officer seemed satisfied with that. Like, okay, like you told him not to do it again. Okay, we're good. It was four other officers that arrived, including a lieutenant who cuffed this kid and put him in a police vehicle for this. All, all I can think of is, did the first guy see a 10-year-old peeing behind a car and call for backup? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, know. It's like, this is obviously a dangerous situation. I can't handle this one on my own. The officer was um, terminated. Thank goodness mm -hmm. for this because they violated written policy and went against prior training on how to deal with these situations. What part exactly was against the prior training and written policy? Yeah. And what exactly? 10 years old? Do they do, or? Do they do a lot of training on seeing 10 year olds peeing behind a car? <laughs> it's like, all right, today, uh, this is the unit we'll be going over. It's public urination for those under the age of 12. I also just wonder. I can't believe a 10 year old can be, I don't, I wonder what the age of even being able to be, that's gotta be it's, right at the line of being arrested. Yeah. And, and it'd be a juvenile record anyway. So I, yeah. I mean, they, they said this is not going to go down on his permanent record. So even if it did, I mean, there is no such thing as a permanent record when you're 10 years old, it would have dropped right. off when he was 18, but yeah, three months. And I don't even know, is he going to have to show up at a probation officer's <laughs> office uh, every or check in, you know, okay, I'm home from school. I'm watching uh, cartoons.
I can't believe that these charges stayed, that the prosecutor didn't decide, you know what, we're just going to drop this. Mm-hmm. Who was the prosecutor, prosecutor who thought this is a good use of the court's time? Is there even one? Is yeah, this? I'm not so sure how the juvenile court system works. So sometimes what you get is an advocate and they just they oh. go up in front of a judge. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there was anybody on the other side of this. That book report, two pages. Hopefully that's going to be a, <laughs> I a hope, good one there. I hope they release so. it online. That would be the ultimate end of this story. Is After he's done with the book report, put it up online so we can all read what he has to write about Kobe. Look, is somebody going to grade it? Is somebody going to decide? <laughs> yeah. Like, what qualifies? Uh-huh. Or does he just have to write two pages of anything? You know, of and something. then everything will be fine. Good on you, Mississippi. Good, good job there with that one. Okay, coming up in the next hour, uh, we have a parent who made a decision about how to handle it when a kid was stealing the daughter's lunch. What this parent decided to do, we'll get to that coming up in the next hour here in KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.